Okay. All right. So, okay. I'm trying to remember. So they, when they call in, I have to click the record. Wait. Okay. Here, here it is. So I'll click the record button when they call in and it'll start recording. Hello. And City Soccer Show, featuring Will Conwell, Kip Kaskard, and I'm your host, Dan Adams. New lineup, new intro. Normally I say, you've got forwards, let's start with you. Uh, Will, you made an outline, which I don't think we've had since like 2015. So uh, I will ask you the first question under the intro, that is section one, what is going on with us? (laughs) Well, Dan, uh, what is going on with us? It's a really great question, I think. I feel like we're about to announce we're we're like pregnant and due in May or something like that. Congratulations, it's a podcast. Will, what is going on with us? Uh, well, uh, I mean, we are a good ways into the season now. We're roughly a, a third of the way in. Um, I'm more than a third of the way in, my God. Uh, and... We're uh, we're finally getting around to recording a podcast, which I, for one, am very excited for. I look at it as keeping our powder dry and making sh- like not jumping on any hot takes early in the season. Sort of letting it letting it ferment a little bit, you know. Yeah, get to let your takes marinate. That's how <laughs> I've always approached takes. Yeah, or smack them into submission, whatever works. Kip, Kip here, Kip's here too. Yes, I am. Kip, where in the heck is Roscoe? He used to be on this podcast, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I think he escaped to great, uh, greener pastures, uh, if I recall correctly. Um, he is working for uh, the Rail, is it the Rail Monarchs or um, the Utah Royals? But yeah, he's... He's a, an official... I'm pro-democracy, um, so I haven't been keeping track. Uh, he is a, an official <laughs> team photographer for uh, the uh, Utah um, soccer clubs, um, RSL, Real Monarchs, and uh, Utah Royals. And I, for one, am, you know, it's a, it's a big thing to become uh, part of an, an official... Uh, part of the team in an official capacity, and so that's really awesome that he's able to do that. But then that means that... Um, somebody has to pick up the rambling part of the um, podcast, and so hey, there we go. It's already filling in ably. Well done, Kip. Oh yes. Hey, I'm uh, I'm, I do have to I'm jump in here and uh, yeah. and just point out that we're off to a pretty rough start in terms of our analysis. Uh, if we're saying that Salt Lake uh, is greener than Portland, yes. I mean, I look at it as we've already hit mid-season form. So, you know, <laughs> it's half full, half empty, you know? 
For anyone who hasn't been, I love the idea that there are listeners to Road to City Soccer Show who aren't avid fans of Roscoe. I love that that's even a possibility. But for the, if you're out there, we love you, first of all, and thank you so much for sticking with us despite not knowing who Roscoe is. Roscoe is at, at Shotboxer. He's doing amazing work. Cannot plug that enough. Uh, I think there's no way you aren't already following him and paying attention to what he's producing. But if that somehow happened, please, please hit pause, head over there, follow, like, retweet, etc. cetera. Uh, he's, he's, he's good people. We miss him. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that covers intro dot one. What is going on with us? Intro dot two, where is Roscoe? Intro dot three, what are we doing today? And what about going forward? Maybe save this for the end I am just seeing now. <laughs> it's good to know that you're so ably prepared. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Preparation has never been show. my strong suit. <laughs> so, Will, you wrote this. Do you want to do you want to tackle what about going forward or we just want to do what are we doing today? Uh, you know, let's let's save uh what about going forward for the end. Uh after Can I put that after number six, the outro? That. <laughs> yeah. I okay, mean, I done. didn't really add anything. Oh, my God. It's, what have you done to the formatting, Dad? <laughs> I'm fixing stuff. It's a, it's a new formation type. It's, it's the soccer raging. 4-3-3-3, three, 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 my favorite formation. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. currently our outro is in a 1-3-4-5 <laughs> formation. Sweet. We're going to set my the screen. soccer yeah, we're gonna set the soccer world on fire with that, man. Context didn't get merged into intro for you. Um, I'm reverse tatting that. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god! See, this is why we don't narrate format. <laughs> we're the only podcast currently out there narrating the format of the show notes, which we do not share. So you're welcome, everyone. All <laughs> right, what are we what are we doing today? What help me, please? What are we doing today, Will? I think we're playing catch up mostly. Because <laughs> uh, you know, when, uh, how long? Yeah, how long has it been? I mean, uh, I it's a day or two, a little while. It's been a day. A day, we'll say. Yeah, I think our last one was like like November of last year, October, November of last year, right? Right. Well, so I don't, I don't yeah. subscribe to the pod, so I don't honestly follow us that closely. I don't know. Oh jeez. Well, all right. So, well, Will Will is still doing his thing at Stumptown Footy, and I'm I'm in my blog, Kepcascard uh, com. So I've I've escaped out into the freelance world. And Dan, you're doing yeah. I I don't do the website anymore, and mostly the the Twitter is now uh, racial politics. So you're welcome, everyone. Uh, thanks for not following me. <laughs> hey, keeping it All keeping right. it real, man. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, my interests continue to evolve as I watch my daughter get older. Um, okay, so uh, l- l- we are more than a third of the way through the season. I take Will at his word on that. Um, I continue to catch as many matches as I possibly can, which is a slim majority. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to depend on you two to get me up to date. Where are the Timbers? today where like where are we thought i think we won two or three in a row last time i checked in it was going pretty well uh where are the timbers right now uh they are where you lead us off 
Well, I think they're in third or fourth place. They're at 21 points, um, seven un- unbeaten in the last seven. They had a six-game winning streak, but then uh, the Galaxy right. draw this past weekend um, broke that streak, but it's we're, we're still unbeaten. And it's kind of interesting because the I, I really feel the season has been kind of uh, has been disjointed. Uh, the park construction meant that the first five matches were on the road. Uh, there, there was there was little... a lot of wailing and gnashing of the teeth, as I recall, during that stretch. Right, among... and 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 there was little to no preseason here. I mean, I know the team trained a bit here in Portland. But there wasn't, uh, you know, there was no preseason tournament. Uh, so really, it was kind of when the uh, the home opener happened, it was a case of trying to get caught up. And so the folks that traveled to um, see the Timbers actually had a little bit of a leg up to see um, to see what was going on with the team. And uh, it's been quite. Um, entertaining to watch uh, Gio Savarese's um, tactics because he's he's steadily evolved the approach from match to match, uh, even sometimes in the game. And um, what, I, what I'm remarking about is how fluid things are with the Timbers, um, which, is, which is taking some getting used to because there there were a lot of constants i think in previous regimes where you knew what certain players were going to do formats were formats and formations were were kind of set and savarese in in most cases is i don't want to say making it up as he goes along but really he is a constant tinkering and adjusting and it's been it's been fun to watch in in some cases i mean the orlando match was not fun, but the the home streak and at at certain points we've played some pretty elegant soccer and and I have to say I don't if you would have told me we would have played a Christmas tree formation of four defenders, three in the defensive mids, two uh, attacking mids, and a lone striker, and making that work, I would and have a partridge said in a pear tree. Is yeah. That- I I would have thought you would have been nuts, but this, but we've actually done done a a, a pretty good job, really. It's you know, and it's tough. You we we've really tried to get everybody on the same page, and I think it's starting to happen. I don't know. Well, what do you think? Uh, well, uh, so I I think that the Timbers are are definitely. As you're saying, uh, showing some adaptability this year um, through uh, Gio Severus's, uh tactical approach to the game. Um, you know, early starting the season out, the Timbers definitely uh, were trying to sort of force it into more of a, a high-pressing uh, attacking team um, that... Uh, that really just wasn't a great fit with what the Timbers are used to doing uh, and what they have the personnel to do, really. Uh, and so it took a couple games for that to really uh, to turn around um, and for for the Timbers to bail out of that for 
Geo to bail out of that uh, and really figure out what it is that the team is most capable of doing. Um, and the fact that we're kind of at a point where, you know, we can say like, this is something that the Timbers are good at. This is something, this is an approach that works for the team uh, is a really good building block um, to, or a really good like sort of foundation for the team to, uh, to build off of uh, as they go forward in the year. Um, I think that, that, you know, there's definitely still plenty of, tactical changes that we'll see over the course of this season. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think uh, that despite uh, some some scary early moments in the year, there's anything to worry about there. So that gets us to kind of present. I want to look forward a little bit. Um, where you know how do you feel about how the team's doing overall like where where do you see this team fitting into MLS this year where do you see this team maybe compared to uh you know highs and lows of Timber's recent memory I think for me this is a Timber's team that uh is really difficult to compare to teams in recent memory because it is such a different approach um but uh, because sort of the, the building blocks are still the same, most of the players are still the same, um, you know, we can we can look at this team and say, you know, pretty conclusively that it's a team that should be competing in the Western Conference and I think will be throughout this year. Um, the, uh, the question for me um, is, how is Geo going to to make use of the the team's depth, and what kind of depth does the team have this year? We've seen a fair amount of it already, but uh, and I think we'll talk plenty about it going forward. Uh, you know, it's it's something that the team is really going to have to deal with, especially with the World Cup call-ups that are hitting now. Well, yeah, well, I I think that also we we found that a MLS season is very long. You you start training camp in mid January. Uh, there's the there's the extensive preseason. The season starts in March, and then you play the regular season through uh, October. And then you there's roughly six weeks of playoffs. So if you qualify for MLS Cup, you're essentially playing the first or second weekend of December. You're asking a lot of any team to have 13, 14 guys that are going to be able to keep a consistent approach and be able to perform as well in March as they did in um, October or November. So squad rotation is, is a huge thing that... If I had to say that that's something about this this stretch that I'm fairly impressed with is that mo- most of the transition has been really seamless. I mean, we've seen Liam Ridgewell go out to injury. We've had um, Bill Tuiloma come in and fill in. Who um, <clears throat> Julio Cascante is now um, 
put his way into the um, starting rotation, and then Larice Mabiala is, you know, the constant factor there. The defense itself, after some some struggling moments early, has really found its found its form to be more consistent. That doesn't mean they're not making mistakes, but there's been some consistency there from the beginning of the year to now. And yet we really have had one constant, Mabiala, and then a rotation of players that have played in that other center back position. And we've been reasonably good in in that respect. And that is something that I would say from a hallmark, I I, I haven't seen in other years of the Timbers. There there's always been a noticeable drop off at, at certain points when um, we're forced to substitute or we're forced to adjust. So um, having Savarese's adaptability be a big hallmark is really forcing the the issue of we're going to play the best eleven players, whomever they are. And we're going to give you something. Uh, we're going to give opponents something to think about and have to adjust to, rather than us trying to put out what we think is the most competitive side. And you know, hey, we'll 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 see what happens, kind of a thing. And that's 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 definitely a change in philosophy, at least from my perspective. Kip, let me ask you this: What's the biggest change? I've been in a coma slash have a two-year-old. Um, as of tomorrow, uh, what's the biggest change? I haven't been paying close attention. I haven't watched the Timbers. I was a huge fan of Porter. I turn on the TV. What is the thing I'm going to see? What's the one thing that's the biggest difference from 2017 to 2018? Well, I think that Porter's biggest um, approach has always been maximizing possession and maximizing uh, Maximizing possession and maximizing chances, and that's really where Porter has has really been pushed. You, you know, you you heard possession with purpose, and that and that was a huge hallmark of Caleb Porter's tenure with the team. Whatever happened, it was always a case of if we possess the ball, that that's usually a good sign. And and we have seen. Um, the New York City FC match is probably the one that threw that completely on the on everybody's ear because the Timbers won that match in a dominant fashion with possession in the near 20% range, which is completely unheard of. We basically told NYCFC, hey, you can possess the ball, you can run around, you can do anything you want, but we're going to counter when we can, make our chances count, and then we're going to frustrate you with a organized and swarming defense. And that was really the first, for me, it was that point of, wow, okay, this, this is very different from um, the Caleb Porter era. And I think tactically speaking, both co- coaches are incredibly good tacticians. Where I think that Savarese is is a little bit different is that he'll mold and adapt his approach to what he sees and what players are necessarily available. Whereas I think Porter tried to keep the approach relatively constant and then 
adapt and maneuver to try to get to that constant. So. Well, what about you? Uh, what, what's the biggest difference between 2017 and 2018, GRI? Uh, well, I mean, just looking at the team, uh, I think it's really the way that the Timbers uh, are uh, sort of using their midfield in the roles that players have in there. So, uh, you know, Diego Valeri uh, has more or less always been able to do whatever he wants, uh, which is as it should be, because Diego Valeri is very, very good. Uh, however, uh, you know, last year, uh, despite being the MVP, uh, despite, uh, you know, scoring piles and piles of goals, um, you know, he had less of a free role. He was, uh, you know, kind of designated as the second striker for the team. Um, and, you know, that, uh, well, that was a, a profitable role for him. It's uh, a very different role than we had seen from him in some previous years. Uh, now, this year, uh, both he and Blanco are playing sort of attacking midfielder roles rather than second forward roles. Uh, and they both are, you know, allowed to roam free and find pockets of space uh, and, uh, you know, exploit uh, their, the, the, their counterpoints movement uh, in opening up opposing defenses. Um, and... Blanco has certainly profited from it. Uh, Valeri has, uh, he hasn't quite put up the same numbers that he was putting up last year, uh, although there's still plenty of time for that. But uh, I think more importantly, he hasn't had to. Uh, you know, he hasn't um, had, you know, Darren Maddox as the lone striker available uh, to play in front of him. Uh, he hasn't had that issue. To deal with so you know he is there's, there's less being put on him i like uh, that we're, we're now just referring to maddox as that issue to deal with i mean you know darren maddox is a functional soccer player uh who <laughs> he's good enough to play in mls and that's about all i can say i mean he i think in terms of his contribution to the team he was probably underrated uh, as compared to what his actual numbers were last year. I mean, uh, it's something we talked about a bunch, but, you know, he was excellent at getting in good spaces and winning penalties for the Timbers, which really contributed to Valeri's goals last year. Um, but when you have a guy like Fernando Adi or more recently a guy like Samuel Armenteros, uh, who can step in and, you know, get goals uh, and, you know, do the stuff that Maddox did as well, uh, and then, you know, that's going to take pressure off of a guy like Diego Valeri uh, and off a guy like Sebastian Blanco. Um, but, I mean, m more than just that, uh, it's it's the guys below Valeri and Blanco uh, who are being used in a different way. You know, Porter, during his time with the Timbers, uh, pretty much – like with a couple of notable exceptions stuck with the, the four five one, right. Uh, you know, at times it was a four, four, one, one, uh, or, you know, a four, three, three or whatever, but it, it was all sort of the same basic idea. And especially in terms of the, the holding midfielders, uh, it was always the same basic idea, two guys, uh, one of whom's getting forward, one of whom's not, 
Uh, and the Timbers right now are taking a very different approach to uh, their holding midfielders. For one thing, they're in the Christmas tree formation a lot of the time, uh, which gives them three central midfielders. Uh, and depending on the game, depending on the moment, and depending on which guys they've got in those three spots, the Timbers have been doing uh, a lot of different things with them. Um, they're very, especially you know, since, since they moved into the Christmas tree formation, they've been really committed to keeping two uh, midfielders back and sending one forward. Um, you know, not 100% of the time, but the vast majority of the time, you'll see that uh, it looks like those midfielders are kind of rotating uh, amongst the three of them, who's getting forward and who's not. Sometimes, uh, you know, one of them's pushing up and looking almost like a winger. Uh, sometimes, you know, one of them is making a late run down the middle. Um, but they're always, the, the three of them in that group, uh, whoever's in there is always keeping an eye on where the other two are. And it's been really apparent in terms of the, the Timbers' ability to kind of clog up the midfield, break up passes, and protect their back line, which, uh, as Kip was mentioning, has had plenty of, uh, of, of injuries and absences to deal with this year. Uh, and it's been a big part of why the Timbers have been able to be successful, I think, over the last seven games. Uh, the way they're managing this midfield group. Um, and, uh, you know, having guys like Kristen uh, Pritt is uh, coming in or, or Andy Polo, who's, you know, headed off to the World Cup uh, or Andres Flores coming in uh, and being able to step into that group uh, has been, you know, really, uh, <laughs> really good for the team overall. All right, we're we're not we're not as predictable, and I think that that's something that's very, very apparent. Because as well, you you said it very eloquently. There's a lot of times with the three defensive mids, it's Polo that makes the run, and then suddenly it's Diego Chara that is the one in space, and there's this adaptability that really forces the the opposition to have to deal with who's really going to be the the who's really going to make this particular move and the fact that there's been such a great communication amongst all of those players to adjust and really react to that to the point of hey if Tara's forward then the other two defensive mids move into move into their spots and it's and it's very seamless and that's where that's you can tell it at a lot of points the opposition is not sure what to do with what's what's happening out there and you know Diego Valeri is an accomplished scorer i mean you know the, his mvp season was simply amazing and and we benefited from that quite a bit but i think having a an ability to spread the wealth and get other people involved with the offense is going to be paramount if this team is going to make a long and fruitful run in the playoffs and you can't really necessarily rely upon one person to really be that catalyst and so that's where Savarese has really given some freedom and flexibility to a lot of these other players to be that catalyst at certain points okay i have an idea for a game this game is portland timbers versus flounders football club 
and the game is just which is bigger. So, Kip, I'm going to give you two things. You have to tell me which is bigger, okay? Sure. The number of goals the Flounders have scored this season or the number eight? (laughs) Which of those Um, is bigger? uh, That would be Ocho. (laughs) Yeah, eight is bigger than the number of goals they've scored this season. All right, Will, uh, Flounders, points per game are the number 0.75? Um, well, given the spirit of the game, I'm going to say under. <laughs> yeah, they're at 0.73 points per game. Well well done. <laughs> well done, that Flounders. That impossible. Yeah. Oh, God. The the crazy thing is, I think in the Western Conference, there are two teams with fewer points per goal. There's some real separation between 9 and 10 in the standings on points per goal. All right, Kip, the yeah. number one, the number one, or the difference in points per game between the Flounders and the Timbers? Um, I'm going to go with the point differential. That's right. The Timbers are at 1.75 points per game, and the Flounders are at 0.73 points per game. So the difference is bigger than one point per game right now. Whew. Oh, man. Um, I Listen, I have to say, I really like how the Timbers are doing this year, but one of the great things about anxiety is you can mentally imagine a million ways it can all fall apart. I really like how the Timbers are doing. I love how the Flounders are doing. I mean, you got to hand it to them. The stats are off the charts. Number 11 uh, in the MLS Western Conference. Number 23 in goals four. And out of 23 teams in MLS, they will always remain number 24 in our hearts. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, really, it has been fascinating to watch the West. I mean, FC Dallas and Sporting have been pretty consistent over the last few years and so they're, they're that's going to be probably two teams to watch. How about uh, the bounce back on RSL though? Yeah, but they, they've they actually found some they've actually found some uh, some consistency within their midfield um, Nick Romando is still doing what Nick Romando does and um it's it's very interesting to watch. The fact also is is that they've turned their home stadium into a pa- into um, you know a, a difficult place to play. And I mean, obviously, that atmosphere. I, I I actually took a trip down there, and it's loud, and and the the fans are totally into it. And really, getting a team to really get some stability, you make the home pitch really a fortress and Braille Salt Lake is doing that right now uh hugely. Uh I mean I'm looking at No 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 I reject adding hugely to the vocabulary of Rose City Soccer Show. That uh, that's a line I will not cross Kip. Oh sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> not, not gonna not gonna go there. But no they they're they're they are doing really well and uh Petkey has them uh, playing really good soccer right now. Well, uh, I mean, but you you also have to keep in mind that 
and and this this is a critique that I'm also a little worried could be applied to the Timbers, but not as much. Uh, I mean, so RSL is on a very good tear, right? They've got four wins uh, in their last five games, but I mean, it's no six, but wins, it's a pretty good run. Oh, it's yeah, no six, right. but it's a pretty good run. Yeah, uh, but I mean, so you have to keep in mind that those wins are like at home versus DC United, uh, on the road against Seattle, uh, at home versus Houston, and at home versus Seattle. So, like, of those games, the Houston game is very good. The others, yeah. And and before that, you know, RSL was having some some rough times. So they could really go anywhere. On points per game, they're still like decidedly middle of the pack. Like they're slightly above uh, a couple of the other uh, red line contender sort of teams like the Dynamo or the Whitecaps. Um, But, you know, they're, I I think they're far from fully turned around. No, I I think, yeah. I I uh, think, yeah. I, I, I'm well, not... I was just going to say, if we're talking about form for teams, we really should just acknowledge that uh, with Montreal having broken their, their four-game losing streak, the uh, the Sounders are currently the holders of the longest streak without a win. Uh, oh, no, sorry, Colorado Rapids. Oh, I'm sorry, Colorado, mm-hmm. I forgot about you. Never mind, <laughs> Colorado has seven losses in a row. Well, well mm-hmm. done, Colorado. Well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Yeah, I I think yeah, I well your your point your point is is totally spot on where I think that it is something that I have noticed about the Timbers in previous iterations. We haven't we haven't exactly taken advantage of scenarios where we've had weaker opposition and something that you see a lot of in the Twitter Twitterverse is we've played down to certain opponents and uh maybe have given away points that we haven't um the galaxy match this weekend was i think the first time that i heard people say well we gave away points but to be fair i really felt like the galaxy put together a pretty good plan to frustrate the timbers and bingham was playing out of his mind to to i I I don't I don't necessarily buy into the fact that we gave away two points to the Galaxy. We we had issues trying to get our offense on, on track. And where I think the the key here is what are the Timbers going to do in situations where we need to take advantage of it and really win games that we really should be winning. And and this year we've won in San Jose. We beat a pretty game Colorado Rapids team there in Denver in a place that we've traditionally struggled in. So there's already a foundation of we're, we're winning when, when we should. And if we continue to do that, um, I, I think the sky is the limit with this bunch, but you know, you can't, you can't jump too far ahead in that line of thinking though, too. All right. Well, can you, we've got this, uh, We've got this weird game happening tomorrow. Um, I don't know if we have time to give the whole history of the U.S. Open Cup and how rare it is to have a match at home, Uh, but can you kind of give us a broad sense of how the U.S. Open Cup fits in terms of 
um, North American competitions and uh, what we can expect um, tomorrow? Well, the U.S. Open Cup uh, is that magical tournament each year when lower division teams get a chance to play higher division teams and create upsets and play in stadiums that they would otherwise, you know, never have a chance to visit uh, other than, you know, in the stands. Uh, and also the Timbers get to play an MLS opponent every year. <laughs> get to play in Seattle every year. <laughs> well, to be fair, uh, you know, they're playing the San Jose Earthquakes this year. They're really shaking things up. Uh, it's actually <laughs> going to be a home one, which is nice, what? I guess. Uh, so we do get to see the San Jose Earthquakes an extra time this year, which I know everyone's really excited about. Uh, <laughs> But uh, the the thing that I'm particularly excited about is actually the possibility of seeing some of the guys that, uh, you know, haven't had a chance to play this year. Even though the Timbers have gone pretty deep into their uh, roster at times this year, um, you know, we could see guys like Eric Williamson uh, or Jeremy Ababisi uh, or uh, Mo Jama uh, or, you know, any of those guys that have mostly been, you know, T2 players or, you know, deep on the, the first team bench, uh, but who have, you know, had their moments and who have made an impact. Uh, you know, Victor Arboleda, um, I think, could really be a, a fun player in a game like this. Um, so, you know, the chance to see those guys and the chance for them to shine and to maybe uh, – you know, earn another look with the first team is is probably my favorite part of the Open Cup. Uh, and also the fact that we'll probably have to see fewer uh, San Jose starters than we normally do. Uh, you know, anytime you're seeing someone that you don't recognize in a San Jose uniform, it's probably a good game. It's a good look at who you might be hating three years from now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Kip, you want to get in here on U.S. Open Cup? Uh, the Open Cup is one of my favorite tournaments because it really, as Will said, it puts every professional American-based team and um, a lot of high amateur teams, and it gives everybody an opportunity to play in a single elimination tournament for the right to crown the best um, U.S. side for this year. and. Um, if I remember correctly, I believe that the Open Cup winner does get a berth into the CONCACAF Champions League. So there is some prestigiousness that is associated with winning this uh, competition. And, you know, some MLS clubs have really put a lot of uh, heart and, and desire in doing well in the Open Cup, and the Timbers have been. Well, they've managed it, and they've had some some good runs, and then there's been some not so good runs with it. Um, the the fact that we're starting with a different opponent and we're starting with a home match um, is a nice change up. Um, is is a nice change up in the schedule, and then obviously knowing um, that they're trying to do more geographic um, matchups, so the if you know, the if the Timbers advance, we know that it's going to be another West Coast team, um, the Flounders or Sacramento, that would be the, the next opponent um, for that. So, 
hope with with a schedule coming up with some some pretty significant travel it'll be nice to know that even if we did have to go to um one of those places um it's not going to throw off the the travel schedule as much as it has in previous open cup um iterations and what what round are we joining in the fourth round is that where we pick it up yep mhm all right. Well, before we wrap up, uh, for those of you who have been paying close attention to our format, you'll notice that we haven't been producing the podcast weekly. <laughs> uh, what we're going to be aiming for here is, is a monthly podcast that sort of covers some of the recent matches, maybe takes a look ahead the way, same way we're doing tonight, um, but basically is uh, a little bit bigger picture than the specific focus that we've had on forwards, midfield, and defense of the most recent match takes a little bit broader look at how the Timbers are doing. And, you know, what I'm going to try to do is really draw out um, some of the trends that Will and Kip uh, have been observing in their time as analysts for the Timbers. Will, um, anything you want to contribute about what we can expect moving forward? Uh, no, I think you pretty well covered it there. Uh, I expect that... Uh, Moving forward, we'll have some highs, we'll have some lows, uh, but... <laughs> Will we keep them low and high, respectively? I was going to say, in loving memory of our <laughs> dear <laughs> departed Caleb Porter, we'll try to keep them a sort of right down the middle, like a bland, or tasteless <laughs> sort of gruel. That's, as exciting as Road City Soccer Show ever was, which is to say not yeah. very exciting... That's what we're aiming for, right? That's what we discussed to be the tasteless <laughs> rule of Portland Soccer Podcast. In all of the months that we've been doing this here, I never thought I would hear the term bland or tasteless gruel in the context <laughs> of something, but there it is. And okay, yeah. It's our first episode in 2018. We want to set the expectations low so we can exceed them all year. <laughs> Huzzah. I, I'm on board with that. Kip, anything that you want to sort of specifically call out that folks can, or sorry, folk who may be listening, not plural, single, uh, can expect moving forward? Uh, I do expect the highs and the lows. Uh, there's going to be some challenges. I'm curious about sporting that, to me, the match coming up this, this uh, weekend on um, the 9th, this is going to be a good litmus test to see where the Timbers are at because sporting has been in a realm all their own and it they've been very consistent throughout the um, the season so far. So I do want to see how well we match up with them, especially knowing that um, unfortunately Mr. Chara won't be able to participate in this weekend's match because of uh, accumulation. Uh, yeah, the Kansas so, City Wiz has more wins this season than Seattle has goals. As always, thanks for listening. We'll be back with another edition of Rose City Soccer Show.
Speaking of non sequiturs from the cutting room floor. Hello, Dan? Dan, is that you? My God, it's been so long. <laughs> you almost oversold it, Will. <laughs> All right, I can, I can cut that out. God damn it, Will. <laughs> Well, and I, oh. I, I, I liked the old rainbow logo. I know that for a lot of them, you know, the, the, that wasn't one of their favorites, but I actually, I, I kind of liked it, but, you know. All right, well, we're not even talking about the Houston Astros here, Kip, so I don't know why you brought that up. Astros? Uh, no, that that's not rainbow. That's just more orange and, yeah, no, don't go there. <laughs> All right, guys, I think that's an episode.